Welcome to the Almost Monday podcast. I am the host, Elizabeth May, and today I'm here with Ninja Natalie. Hello, everyone. Natalie, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my birth name is Natalie, but I identify as Ninja. That kind of, <laughs> it just, it backstems of, no one remembers Natalie for some, they say Nicole or some other name, but everyone's going to remember Ninja. But I always feel like a weirdo because they're like, Okay. And I was like, okay, hold on. Let me just hang off with something. And then I climb a building and they're like, okay, that's why you call yourself Ninja. (laughs) But you've also been on American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. I, so my transition from, I was born and raised here in Southern California. I'm first generation uh, Filipino American, which means my parents had like really high expectations for me, which is doctor, lawyer, engineer. I went down the path of becoming a doctor. I have my degree in neuroscience. I worked at UCLA. I did clinical research in stem cell and gut microbiome therapy. But um, at the same time, I was rock climbing professionally. It was kind of like my way of balancing the stress of college and the stress of medicine. Um, But I don't know. It was just after three or four years, my department changed and I could change departments or I could just leave and do my own thing. So you left. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I wrote a, I wrote like, like clinical papers. I published them and I got to present them like overseas, like in the Netherlands. And I was like, I feel like this is my parents' dream. And I have successfully ticked that off. And then that's when at the same time to making this decision, the casting producers for American Ninja Warrior somehow found my phone number, which was really creepy. And then I was like, stranger danger. Like, no, 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 no. Is this real? Yeah, I was like, we're we're casting, you know, like producers for American Ninja Warrior. We think you would have a lot of fun on the show. And I was like, okay. So I went out to Venice, and that was my first season, filmed at four in the morning, and I did completely horrible. I fell on the second obstacle, but it was something about that failure that really motivated me to explore this new avenue of movement. And because of that transition of passion, I was like, okay, I could continue in medicine and like be really set. Or it could, I saved a lot of money during that time. So I was like, okay, I could also spend six months to really hustle and figure this out. And that's when I decided to leave UCLA and then pursue Ninja Warrior and television full time. That's amazing. That's definitely a a career 180. (laughs) Yeah, I flipped it and I climbed all over it. So (laughs) (laughs) literally, right? (laughs) So um, that was obviously your starting point. Where did your journey take you? Where did it take me? So yeah, thrusting into that, when I was transitioning over to Ninja Warrior to do full time, I trained so hard to the point where it was like my mental like gung-ho-ness was stronger than my physical body. So it was really a balance of just like not being injured because with Ninja Warrior in the early like 2018, 19, this is like uncharted territory where people are building the obstacles in their backyards. This is before there's all these gyms. So I just remember Arnold Hernandez, he had a gym in downtown, like kind of like in the downtown area of LA. So whenever we would drive by, we see like a decently looking uh, like mattress on the side of the road. We're like, hey, we got like a new crash pad. So we would like pick up this like kind of gross, like, you know, like mattress and then help him. And then we would all train in his backyard. But it, it got us there, you know, and I uh, was patient enough. They asked me back the year, the following year, but I said, no, I'm not ready yet. So I trained more specifically to dynamic, jumping more, um, 
climbing a lot differently. And then once I came back that uh, comeback season, I was uh, one of the, the furthest, not just female followers, uh, but I like made it to Vegas just as a competitor in general. That's amazing. That's kind of a, a success story when you kind of drop off just being female and you're actually just recognized as a competitor. Oh, yeah. I mean, people always ask me, they're like, oh, like, don't you wish there was like a separate course for chicks? I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Like... There are certain strengths that females have, I think mentally also too, that we're, at least for me personally, like I'm a little like more like bendy. I could utilize my strength in a lot more compact ways, but I'm not that tall, but I'll compensate by just like harnessing power in specific ways to be like a fast twitch muscle athlete. So, I mean, you know, I made it through the course like anyone else, guy, like chick or dog there's no dogs there yet monkeys i think monkeys would take over soon monkeys could work yeah yeah (laughs) so i know i like having the course just be set for a human no not gender specific or anything because we're all capable of achieving the obstacle and I think that's really empowering for probably some of our younger female listeners who maybe feel like there's something they can't do because they are a girl. And I think even though we're transitioning out of that, um, it's nice to be able to, to see and be able to reference somebody who's overcome that in their field. Oh, yeah. It's super dope. I think like whatever movement's going on, it's like it's you're, everyone's just motivating in general. It's because now we're getting exposed to people like branching off and doing things they've never done before, whether they're female or not. It's just kind of like exploring a new territory and really feeling what excites you. My, my only secret is I, so I, I do Ninja Warrior, I did rock climbing, um, but on the daily basis, I ride motorcycles and also have like a, a, a pilot's license. So I like it's planes. <laughs> my, how I learned myself on what I know I'm passionate about I'll just do exposure therapy. So (laughs) if I'm like curious about anything, whether it be a sport or just some sort of like um, just a hobby, if I'll ask someone to help me be like, hey, can you take me out? I've always wanted to experience this. And if I giggle uncontrollably and like that where you feel like your inner child is being unreleased, you'd be like, that's your secret to finding that's your path. You should pursue that more because your inner child is just asking you to do that now. I like that. I have uh, made very similar career choices, do full 180s, but I usually do it with a lot less uh, thought. It sounds like a good idea and I go for it. <laughs> and it's not always been that uh, that joy. So I think yeah. that's kind of a great way to to have that barometer. Yeah, everyone says like, you do the craziest things. I'm like, yeah, but there is exposure therapy is is a thing. And I think that's how like I have I have history um, having my neuroscience degree. It really helped me out to understand fear conditioning. So there is this thing in your inner brain called the amygdala. And mm-hmm. that's the exact specific area for fear conditioning. And it's there for a reason. It is to help us survive and not touch a hot stove. But it's also there for us to kind of like push our limits and break the boundaries of how we are designed. So that's like, that's why I love rock climbing. Anyone could rock climb. If you could like climb a ladder, you should probably go to rock climbing gym and try it out. So the good thing with rock climbing gyms is they have graded climbs from V1. That's like beginner to like expert V9, V8, V10. And it doesn't matter if you have any skill beforehand, you could start somewhere. And then it's just throughout the exposure, you get more, you get higher and higher to number three, V5. You realize like, okay, I'm not going to die. So like, let me have fun with this. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, a lot could happen, but you know, you could, you could gauge, not at the gym. You could, you're safe, right? Yeah. You could gauge a lot of things that way. So it's, 
it's throughout just exposure and time, um, you, your world will completely expand of what you thought was possible. That's really exciting. So you're also a Guinness world record holder. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. That was, uh, yeah, getting my Guinness World Record title was really unique because it was also, I started doing Ninja Warrior, I was still rock climbing, um, and this meant I've already spent a few years in, like, TV production, and a lot of it, a lot of TV production is, like, hurry up to wait, so as talent, you're just sitting there seeing, like, a bunch of people shuffle around this this huge orchestra of making a TV show happen. And it's been really awesome getting to know individual crew members that way. Um, and that's how I got kind of dabbled into it. I was like, I kind of want to do this too. So I started to host and produce like my own shows and, and aid in other shows. So I had this opportunity with People Are Awesome uh, to, to have the segment of People Are Awesome games. And they would hold it at Santa Monica Muscle Beach, which is like, that's my dojo. That's like, that's where all my homies <laughs> climb out. And we had one segment where... It's like, okay, we're gonna want, we want someone to break a world record. And as I'm sitting there with my other producers, they're like, hey, why don't you, why don't you just break one? And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> and then we had this full list of pieces of paper. I was like, what do you think you could break? And it was like, uh, longest handstand, which is something crazy. Like, I don't know if it's like hours. And I'm like, oh, wow. I, I actually can't hold a handstand. So yeah, I have my weaknesses too. No, but there was one <laughs> section we finally got to the rope. And I'm like, the rope is my jam. That's like my favorite place. I meditate on top of that 25-foot pull at the beach almost like every sunset I can. So I was like, that's the one I want to do. So we, we brought an adjudicator out. Um, I, uh, it was me and Nick. So we're going to do female title and male title with that. And we had three chances, but I got it on my first go. Amazing. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> it was, it was achieving a dream I never knew I, I, I could actually like get. And um, once I got that placard, I gave it immediately to my parents. I was like, look, I know I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but I'm doing something. That's and amazing. They're cute. They put it right in like the entrance of the home and they always brag about it. So I, I know they're proud in their own special way. So how was that for them? Were they, how did they feel about your transition? And obviously it sounds like it worked out for them and for you. Yeah, it's like, it was very interesting. I, I had an opportunity a, a while ago where um, this group told me, they're like, hey, we want, we want to get your parents on a Zoom call and like ask them if they're, if they're proud of you. I was like, I don't want to do that. That sounds really nerve wracking. <laughs> and I've never asked them that, that before. And then I asked them straight up, I was like, are you, are you guys proud of me? And, and they're like, uh, of course. And I'm like, what do you mean, of course? Like, <laughs> you never told this to me before. I, they, they said they, have, they acknowledge, which made me really happy, they acknowledge that they have their expectations and definitions of what they think success was when they grew up in the Philippines. And they want, that's how they want to kind of carry me into society. But they acknowledge that it's different but they always just kind of want the best for me in their vision. But they know that I have good character. I'm always striving to do the best and be a good person. And uh, they're proud of me for that. And I was like, oh, thanks. Because <laughs> that's what matters at the end of the day. Not necessarily that success in your career, but being successful to your family. Right. Well, I mean, they to... also want me to make a bunch of money. That money helps them. <laughs> yeah. Money helps everything. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as long as we tick out certain things, yeah, it kind of works out. That's amazing. Um, so being a fitness model and a daily moto writer, um, how do you prioritize your fitness, physical fitness and adventure in your daily life? 
Yeah, that's a good one. I I have somewhat of a structure, but I kind of go with the flow of what feels right. The beautiful thing about living in LA too is that you will be connected with like the most appropriate people that's going to help you and help them as long as you, you know you have like a really um, aligned purpose in life. And I don't know, just cruising on the motorcycle is great because I you can't you don't have a GPS in front of you, so you just kind of have to like rem- like remember where point A point B is and like figure it out. So on a daily, I just I like to go to a coffee shop because if I work for at home, I can't like my bed's way too close and like my fridge is, is, is like <laughs> yeah. accessible that I'm like, I'm going to be lazy and I'm going to get a little bit chunkier, which is fine. But if I'm at a coffee shop and everyone else is kind of like working, too, I'm like, OK, focus. You need to look like you're doing something, too. <laughs> I and, like that. Yeah. So I, I allow myself I actually kind of like do two different workouts throughout the day. I'll do um, I'll go to a climbing gym. And then I'll do some more computer work and then I'll go to Santa Monica Muscle Beach for like sunset. And that's like for a movement flow and to kind of like create with my community for like movements. That's really special. Um, What advice do you have for individuals who are seeking to balance their passions while maintaining a healthy lifestyle? I mean, we're all trying to figure that out, right? (laughs) I, I think it's being honest with yourself and knowing that life fluctuates. The beautiful thing of, uh, having a degree in neuroscience, it made life seem so much less scary. The biggest thing was knowing that if you have like a depressive state or you're feeling really bummed out or you just feel like your blood boiling, taking a moment to bring awareness that that's just a bunch of neurotransmitters just like being dumped and frazzled in your brain. And eventually it will level out to its homeostatic levels. So just knowing that it will not like this hurt won't be permanent if I if I don't allow it. So following your path, just knowing that it, you're going to go through a lot of ups and downs. But you if you're reaching some uncharted territory, we don't have guidance, then allow yourself to have more of those fluctuations. But you don't know your limit unless you try to reach it. But it also sounds like allow yourself to feel and embrace the emotion and then move on. So you're not holding that, but you're allowing that change to happen. Oh yeah. Find your way to get your anger out. My like mine's mine's on the rock wall, you know, and like, yeah, just, just, just yelling at the wall. I'm just blame the wall, not myself. I'm just <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Um, can you share some of the challenges that you faced um, through your journey and how you overcame them? A lot of the issues that I dealt with, like going towards the path of like being a ninja warrior, um, is it is uncharted territory like the show gets more and difficult year by year by year that's because people explore movement in a completely different way so the more difficult ones I said is like you could be the most motivated person but it's execution is like the key thing and that there's sometimes a discrepancy on fulfilling what's inside of your head so like I'm saying like I have a goal that I want to achieve like a 10 foot lache and I'm like okay I'm gonna do it I know I'm strong enough but sometimes it's like terrified so it's those moments where you need to humble yourself and find the perfect connection between your brain and your body always finding that connection because our conscious our consciousness and like our kind of like thought process is separate from our body but it's a beautiful thing that we're human so it's trying to figure out the best relationship to kind of like get best of both worlds That's amazing. Um, As far as understanding kind of where you came from and how that really relates to what your passion is and and the journey that that took you. Yeah. Um, How has social media played a role in in your journey? 
Social media is a beautiful, like, it's a beautiful, toxic relationship. You know what I mean? It could, like, it could get toxic <laughs> if you allow it to. Uh, I, I feel like I've been blessed because my existence is, is due to social media. Like, because I couldn't go out and play with friends in middle school, like, on, like and go out on, like, like, field trips, I had to study at home. And I would always play like computer games, but it was like back in 2005 where like YouTube started to become a platform. Then it was just cat videos and skateboarders. But then this pool of like Asian Americans were on there too because we're all at home. We can't really do much, but we were like tech savvy and knew how to like talk to cameras. And we ended up creating like one of the earliest like digital communities of like vloggers to conversate with each other and creating these little challenges that we would challenge each other because we were spread out throughout not only throughout like Southern California but we realized we were touching people that are across the nation wow. and then internationally so it was really cool just making stupid little videos for my parents home like on my early high school days throughout college because it really it just put put myself out there. And um, the stressful part, I think, is when you are trying to put yourself authentically. When you start to create for people, then I think it gets a little bit muddled because then you are an actor and you're in your own kind of TV show, which is totally fine, but it, it gets tiring after a while. Uh, what do you do to stay authentic and make sure that the person you're putting out there is, is the real you? I guess not caring, right? And then so if, if you're not caring and you put yourself authentically, the people who uh, want to follow you will follow you. And like if you have haters and like the, the block is a great little feature too. You know? <laughs> Even better, right? You know? Use technology to your advantage. Yeah, I always, I capture content in, in the mindset of when I have grandchildren and however they're going to view their media. And I'm, I just want to capture content so that I could tell my grandkids when I'm, like, old and decrepit and, like, you know, hobbling <laughs> around. I'm like, your granny was cool, I swear. And then be like, get my iPhone. And, like, that's in the attic, grandma. And be like, I want to show you pictures yeah. and then send videos. <laughs> they're like, we could put on the hologram. Be like, no. <laughs> so that's why I create for, for my future generations to kind of, like, I don't know, be inspired and however. Um, do you have any favorite quotes or books that are inspiring to you? Mm, I constantly, there, there's, it's, it's really not like books that I get inspired by because I actually just read nonfiction books from like medical journals. So it's like really not sexy at all. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not in medicine, but I still love reading uh, clinical journals, but it's more of the inspirational people I get to surround myself every day. There was a stage in my life when I transitioned from like medicine, high school, college to Ninja Warrior, traveling a lot, producing TV shows, is that I nixed out a lot of old friends from, from college and stuff like that. And honestly, like it, it hurts me to say, but like also like childhood friends, but it, it felt like time wasted for people, for just not people, but just like kind of conversations that didn't contribute to where I was getting at. Because I was so like focused on creating, growing, like be inspired and be the inspiration that I wanted to surround myself that, that understood creativity the way I did too. So that was really cool that I realized like I didn't need a lot of friends. I just needed a small pool of like my chosen family who understood me that I just like want to climb things on like an, a daily basis, but they get it too. So it's cool, like, getting to those places at, like, my Santa Monica Muscle Beach and finding other people, like-minded people who are like that. So it sounds like really finding your tribe and finding people who share that vision has been a contributing factor to your success. 
Oh yeah, and cutting people out when you're when you know, <laughs> yeah, toxic energy, let it go. Exactly, it's not just boys, but it's like <laughs> it's like girlfriends too, unfortunately. <laughs> So really just surrounding yourself with the right people is, is definitely a recurring theme that I hear Yeah. Um, for anyone who's reaching those, those levels of success in their field. And it's been exciting for me because I get to talk to a lot of different people from different fields, yep. but that is definitely a consistent that I see across the board. So it's a good reminder that probably your parents, the same thing matters who you hang out with. <laughs> I heard that a lot growing up with yep. choose your friends wisely. So it's, it's good to see that that's definitely was, was solid advice for my parents. Oh, it's true. It's like what they say, the closest people to is a reflection of you. And I'm like, you look at some people, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> you know? Causes a little bit of that deep work sometimes where you're like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I don't like that. <laughs> so it's a balance. I think also it's important too, if you're going to cut off people, just making sure they have, they still have support in someone Absolutely. else. Because, uh, you know, it's, and I'm sure we all experience this. If you're not the most stable and you, you lose sources of attention or help, it's not like a healthy place. So that's why I'm like trying to always, I'm like, I just want to, commu- I think communication is always just super key. It's not only, of course, we're always trying to figure that out in our personal relationships, but also it's like having those conversations within, um, amongst friends too. Absolutely. Having that support. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming. How can our listeners find you? Yeah, you guys can find me. Uh, I post mostly on Instagram, ninja underscore Natalie. And uh, yeah, if anyone wants to come rock climb, hit me up. Sounds great. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much.